guys, welcome back to the Kodokado Podcast. This week, me and Raza talk about Christmas in Japan, and we talk about our experiences of Christmas in Japan and what it's like. And make sure you listen to the very end because we have Matt vs. Japan coming on for a very special segment. And thank you guys for listening. We're trying to get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube right now, so if you're listening, go check us out on YouTube and try to subscribe to us. But hope you guys enjoy the podcast and Merry Christmas. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Kodakara Podcast. We got a special treat for you guys today. Normally, you expect us to have tips and tricks on Japanese with our special guests all the time, but hey, today we got some good different stuff because guess what time it is? It's at Christmas time. Christmas. So, you already know we got you with that Christmas special. So, we're out here, and I mean, Eric is out here too. We got you like each time and i mean i hope you guys enjoyed the halloween special because we got you this time again but i mean we're gonna go into some little christmas tidbits that we found in our time in japan you know and i mean christmas in japan is like a vibe in it it's, it's a really right? special time of the year it's like super lit literally lit it's literally lit that's right (laughs) there's no other way to describe it and i mean like one person i feel like who gets probably the most lit is um the boy colonel sanders you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) unexpectedly unexpectedly now i mean some of you guys may know a lot of you guys may not know but um in during christmas time in japan there is one big tradition that you never would have like guessed but it's getting fried chicken and specifically from kfc yeah like i remember the first time i i like heard about that when i was in japan i was like i think i I was at kfc and then they had a sign that was saying oh you can book reservations like two to three months in advance for kfc on christmas night i'm like what who who the hell would want to like go to kfc on christmas and then i mean it turns out it's the place everyone wants to go to it's the number one place and i mean i remember i found out when i was just walking by i think i was in shibuya and i just saw the boy colonel sanders just dressed up in a full santa getup, and i was like okay so i mean either they're like doing something here or it might be more and i mean like first glance you wouldn't really think too much of it right but I saw like people were lining up and there was like a long line. I was thinking to myself like, yo, this is KFC, like what's happening? I did I did a little asking around here and there and found out this was like a huge like tradition here. And I mean, I feel like you see it like so much like, have you seen those like KFC like advertisements in I Japan ha- during Christmas? Yeah, they, they do like some like crazy stuff like get your boy Colonel Sanders like Christmas outfit. Everyone's like getting all hyped up and then you get your all your chicken there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a <laughs> vibe, dude. Meanwhile, nobody eats KFC anywhere else in the world. <laughs> you go to the US and it's like, uh, it's not a thing, man. Oh, well, I mean, it's, it's yeah, Popeyes. That's right. Shout yeah. out. Popeye's chicken sandwich. Shout out Chick Fil A. Yeah, is <laughs> like the third choice. It's the backup, third, the backup of the backup. Man, I mean, like, see, I feel like Chick Fil A. You got like really good service over there. Yeah, and then Popeye's. You're not known for the same service, but you still got good food there. And then I feel like KFC. Like it loses in both service and food. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> At least in the U.S. In Japan, though, in Japan, though, the service is there, and I mean, it's still KFC. What do you think but... is the story behind why Japanese people eat KFC on Christmas? Because there's got to be like a story. Yo, so I mean, tell our my... listeners what the story is, Raza, the resident right. Japanese expert. So, I'm the. Uh, by the way, guys, resident Japanese expert here. Time to. Tell, give you guys a little history yeah. lesson here. This is 100% so, true, what he's 100% about to say. true. 
yeah, remember, guys. It'll it'll be on Wikipedia, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so in um, nineteen forty nine, we had our boy Colonel Sanders go and take a trip to the motherland of Japan itself, going and delivering the secret recipe, all ten herbs and spices. Was he an English teacher by any chance? He was an English teacher. Oh. He was actually the pioneer of the jet program. Actually, he was he was one of the top in the in the English teaching field, and he was he was chosen from America, handpicked to go over to Japan to go teach English and making fried chicken. So your boy came in there, and it was it was around holiday season, and. He was getting ready to like set up shop. He was teaching English, and he was like, and "He's a yeah, colonel man. too, right?" He was a colonel. Yes, he he actually spent time at the base in Yokosuka. So, <laughs> he was over there. He spent some time in Okinawa. You know, he was, he was around, bro. <laughs> uh, so, one of uh, our guests ever cross paths with him. He, he, I think he may have um, looked through the the backlogs of the podcast, guys. You may find out who we're, exactly <laughs> we're talking about. Let us know in the comments below who has made contact with the legendary <laughs> Colonel Sanders himself, and maybe we'll go hit him up to come back to talk about his interactions with Colonel Sanders on the podcast. But you guys gotta let us know. You guys gotta let us know. <laughs> anyway, anyways, getting back to our little history lesson over here. <laughs> we're, we're we out here. Colonel Sanders out here find himself in Shibuya, and he was like, <laughs> something missing here. And I mean, see, Colonel Sanders, he's a little narcissistic kind of guy, you know. He's like, I need to have a statue here. I'm in a foreign country. I need to make my mark. So he was like, I'm going to go and open up one of my old Kentucky fried chicken joints out here in the motherland of Japan. And he saw that people were kind of getting a little festive, but they didn't really have too much of like a Christmas identity, you know. And he was like, all right, guys, I'm going to go and shape your Christmas here. And he just found some guy on the street and he just threw some fried chicken at him, (laughs) just chucked it at him. But... I mean, he chucked it right at his mouth and <laughs> he made it and he bit right, he bit right, right into that ch- it, right through that, right, chicken. right. Oh yeah, and he loved all all ten herbs that were that were in that chicken, man. There's some good herbs, probably number one because Popeyes and Chick Fil A hadn't been yeah. invented yet. It was, so it was that, a, see, I heard it was highly debated whether or not it was going to be his statue or Hachiko in Shibuya. And unfortunately, yeah. he, he lost that um, contest. So Hachiko won. And it's now. Yeah, his statue. His, his statue had to be moved in front of the KFC store, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Man, Hachiko, uh, I mean, respect to Hachiko, you know, all the credit is um, deserved for him. But um, I mean, shout out Colonel Sanders, man. <laughs> he has an entire, he has an entire like holiday around him. So. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the little Christmas history lesson here in Japan. You can definitely quote us on it. 100% factual. 100%. But anyways, um, I mean, like, aside from, I guess, like, the festive spirit of eating fried chicken on Christmas Day, you know. I mean, there's another thing when we're talking about Japan being lit. Like, literally lit, which is, like, the illuminations, right? Yeah. Wait, do they actually use illumination, this word, outside of... No, for, I don't for, think so. I don't think so, because I, 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 I thought it was kind so. of weird. Like, why is it called, like, illumination? Yeah, it totally struck me as weird, too. I was like, what? what? Like, bro, yeah. these are, like, Christmas lights. Or are you, are yeah. you trying to tell yeah, me yeah, illumination? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, they say it with, like, such enthusiasm, too. It's like, I, I mean, like, hey, man. Christmas lights. But, yeah. I mean... I'm not gonna lie, they kind of got me in on the bandwagon. At some point, I was getting hyped over calling it Illumination too, <laughs> yeah. just because. I remember you're there I went to one enough, where you know, I think it was in Ikebukuro where they called right, it like right. extreme illumination. <laughs> extreme, so it was like so, extremely bright, and it would 
I think it would last like the entire night. It would just have it on extremely bright. What do you think the electricity bill was on that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully they made it back. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we gotta hope, guys. Pray for um, <laughs> Ikebukuro's extreme illumination. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this year they're like, oh, unfortunately, we can no longer afford due to coronavirus <laughs> oh man uh, we gotta really hope it's um, the illumination strong in Ikebukuro but uh, well, yeah I, 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 mean, I have a theory that the reason why there there has to be so much illumination is because um, of how cold it is and you know how some people get like seasonal affective disorder and mm, they feel sad because they don't have enough right. like light so maybe oh. part of it is like making sure the Japanese people get a lot of light and so they don't get depressed. Mm, we're on to something here. I mean, yeah, I mean, especially with the whole idea of like Japan's government kind of going and saying, uh, going and bringing out, um, you know how they have different um, campaigns for like marketing yeah. the, themselves to different countries, right? Maybe this is what they do internally to make yeah. sure that everyone is all Good. smiles yeah. during Christmas season. So then when everyone comes and tourists, yeah. you know, they, <laughs> they come in and see all these Japanese people smiling during Christmas time. Yeah. You know what but it I is. I bet it's only I, in Tokyo. I bet you don't see illumination in like, like Aomori where our friend Jack's going. Hey, shout out Aomori and their apples. You gotta yeah. love their apples, but probably not strong on the illumination side, unfortunately. But I'm sure they got some lights there, you know. I mean, Jack could probably find one yeah. light. Hopefully. <laughs> a single light. <laughs> a single light. Welcome to Aomori Illumination. <laughs> Yo, man. Yeah, and I mean... I mean, you got what you got people being happy for the lights on one end. And then you got the other people being happy. They got a relationship going on. <laughs> a different kind of light. A different kind of light, true. Because that's, that's the other reason why people are really happy to be there during Christmas time. Because it's not really much of like, I guess, a holiday holiday per se. It's a real couple's holiday. Like yeah. even the illumination is just a spot to bring like um, girls out on a date. Or just bring like boyfriend, girlfriend. Just have a scenic time yeah. becoming more happy from <laughs> witnessing the bright lights. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Like, it's really, I guess, the right before you have Christmas is really cuffing season in Japan, you know? And it just leads right into Christmas season. You have everything. I mean, I feel like one of the other big things, aside from the illumination, is the Tokyo Tower. Because not only is that, like, a spot where couples go to... The whole tower itself gets illuminated. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, what, that's that's when you know it's a spot. You know. I remember I was like great. so hesitant to, like, visit the Tokyo Tower because I just felt right, like it was right. so overpriced and it was just gonna be. It, like it is overpriced. Tower. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I feel like I've been on a lot of towers and I don't think I've ever been impressed with it, like any of them. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's really like once you've seen it, you kind of seen yeah. it, you know. But, um. I feel like Tokyo Tower is like too tall to actually like enjoy it because you kind of see like fog because you're like in the clouds almost. I guess it's not that uh, that's, tall. That's more. Like, that's more. Yeah. The taller you get, the less you can actually see. Right. 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 Yeah. Like yeah. I don't know if you've ever been to like 101 in in Taiwan, but it's like yeah, it's very rare that you actually, get up there and it's like a clear view of the city. I don't think I've seen a clear view from the top of 101 before. Yeah. <laughs> I but think I got when I went yeah. to a Shibuya Scramble Square, that was like super cool because it was like mm. super clear. Mm -hmm. And it's only like, I think like 34 is out or something. But I mean, like, the real question here is was it illuminated on Christmas? That's what, that's what the people want to know. Is it a spot that everyone listening to the Korekara podcast are going to go take their significant other because it was endorsed by Eric? Of the Kota Kota podcast. You know what? You know what was uh, illuminated was this uh, poop museum that I went to. That was <laughs> really well illuminated. 
<laughs> and I went there like, like around Christmas time. All right, all right, all right, wait, hold on, hold on. So, so is is this a date spot, Eric? Is this the prime place to go to Christmas time with with the significant other? Yeah, I mean, when I went there, I I was uh I went with my girlfriend at the time, and it's a prime prime date spot. They have you sit in toilets and you take take pictures. And then, uh, <laughs> like, poop <laughs> falls out of the toilets. All right, pause. pause. What, 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 what is it like? Like, like poop, poop. Like, like, I, I hopefully not. Like, what, what is going yeah, on? Yeah. So, here? like, basically, when you get in the the museum, there's like a part where you line up, and then um, they have everyone who's lined lined up sit in a toilet on a toilet. Okay. And then, after a while, like, you just hear like something fall into the toilet, like blow you. And then you right. reach into the toilet and you get a a small plastic poop, and then that's your souvenir. You can like take that around the museum, and it's like your, your it's like your entrance uh, ticket. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I've never heard of anything like that before. Yeah. And then there's like a poop arcade where you can like play games that that are related to like poop. There's like a uh-huh. there's like a game where you say the word like unko. And then the louder you say mm-hmm. it, the bigger the poop becomes, and you want to get like a high score, so you have to like be shouting the word "unko" like <laughs> in in the museum. So, so like you can be some random dude outside the museum, and you just hear like echoes of the word "unko" coming out of the doors. <laughs> like, what's going on in there? <laughs> Someone having some digestive problems. <laughs> It sounds like he needs help. <laughs> Call an ambulance, like one one nine, bro. Where are you at? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, dude, that sounds a little scary, man. Like you go into a place, like I mean, hey, it's illuminated. Remember, yeah, it's they have like so neon, that, <laughs> like poop signs. <laughs> Yo, I mean, if it's remember, if it's illuminated, guys, it's a place to go to for Christmas for sure. Like this, this is like the underlying moral of the story here. Remember, guys are in Japan, Christmas time, December twenty fourth. If it's lit up, you go in. Period. But anyways, back to the poop museum. <laughs> we gotta clarify that. We gotta make sure. But. Oh man, so they have a, a poop arcade. They give you a poop souvenir that's plastic that comes in a t- comes out of a toilet. Wh- where where is this place? I, I don't remember <laughs> why where it why, is. why is this I'm a sure thing? Just, I think if you Google like Unko Museum, you'll find it. Yeah, man, I I, I, I really want to know who has the high score on that shouting game. Like I, I want to know like how many like people were disturbed. Like, <laughs> oh man, like obstructing like the peace over here. Like, oh god. But, but I just have I, to imagine like whoever made that museum must be like really passionate about about poo. <laughs> poo Simonten. <laughs> devoted his entire life (laughs) (laughs) to the craft um hey i mean respect i guess (laughs) respect the japanese uh soul (laughs) (laughs) talking about christmas right Remember, guys, everything that's talked about on our podcast is, well, I guess this podcast specifically is 100% factual. Like, we are, normally it's it's fa- all facts, but this one is, like, extra, extra factual, <laughs> if, you, if you catch the drip. Anyway, anyways, we are, um, I mean, aside from the glorious... Unko Museum out here, the number one Christmas date spot outside of Illuminations and um, I guess Tokyo Tower. We can throw that yeah. in there since we talked about it. But I mean, we we have to talk about Disney Sea, right? Yeah. The classic 
date spot no matter the time but especially during christmas like mm. you already know if you're like trying to save up to go to a place during christmas time in japan you gotta take your significant other to disneyland or i mean disney, disney sea, sea. Disney no, i think sea, disney yeah. there's like a big difference there right? is a big big difference like, i'm not oh, sure if the, if the, like for me it was a huge difference because i went to both but i'm not sure if it was like because of the people I went with or just like itself because I went to Disneyland with my host family and right, it was like right. I feel like it was like really mild and chill they were very calm and, and then, just the uh, same thing you've ever seen every time too yeah it's like if you've ever been to any other Disneyland it's like kind of the same thing right right yeah but Disney Sea is like the Japan it's a, only it's a different beast and you can get alcohol Oh, and you can get alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. Let's talk a little bit more about that. That I mean, that is some. That's something juicy right there. I mean, what was what's the alcohol? You just get it anywhere. Um, I think you have to go. So like, I went last year with also with my girlfriend at the time, and then right. we were trying to like get alcohol. Like that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why we decided to go to Disney Sea. And I, I almost like debated like, reason. oh, like if, if we're gonna like try to drink, we should just bring, go to set like the combini before, and right. try to like smuggle in some alcohol, because it's gonna Classic. be like a lot cheaper. Yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, yeah you know, it's like uh, against like Japanese uh, customs to be breaking the rules. So, <laughs> the terms of service. <laughs> yeah, a lot of resistance there, <laughs> and <laughs> they barely checked the bag, so it totally could have been done, but. Hey, we're not trying to promote anything. Here, yeah. Though. Don't, don't, don't make sure to not smuggle anything in. That's you want to respect the culture and buy the overpriced alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> the extremely <laughs> expensive watered down alcohol that they have at the restaurants where you, there's like a minimum fee as well. Oh, man. <laughs> they, they must be like swimming in the boatload of cash they make from yeah. that. <laughs> I think even the the vending machines are double the price in Disneyland. Mm, yeah, I'm pretty sure they are. I'm pretty sure. But they they're, are. they're like a. I remember seeing it. It's like a. It's like a Disney esque vending machine. They have a Mickey Mouse design. Hey, like the buttons I mean, are <laughs> Mickey Mouse shaped. So that's them justifying the the double price. <laughs> the, the amount of money it costs to make the vending machine probably not the, it's probably the same as making any other vending machine <laughs> <laughs> oh man i mean they're just missing the the alcohol and the vending machines man the yeah. japan special what's going on but i mean i guess like continuing on the dating side of things i mean it just you just have a nice christmas vibe going on over there right when you're yeah. at disney sea like they yeah, there's so up. many couples like insane yeah i mean it's like harder to like find like someone like like not a couple you know yeah. like I, I feel like the whole kind of idea there is like if you don't have a couple you just, t- just don't ever go to disney's like don't touch it with like a 10 foot full type of thing you know yeah. but as soon as like you you're in a relationship like if you don't buy the tickets in the next like 30 seconds like you're trolling you know what i'm saying yeah. like <laughs> i mean one thing just... i found that was interesting is that um so a lot of girls when they go to disneyland or disney sea they like to wear their like school uniform because really and stuff yeah uh-huh and even the winter when it's like really cold you, you'll, you'll still see some like um jk as they say uh, wearing huh. like, school uniforms Right, you know, school is like totally out, and it's yeah. it's a weekend. <laughs> oh man, yeah. But also the thing is like Disney Sea and Disneyland has been in Japan for so long, so a lot of Japanese mm-hmm. people have been to all the rides a lot mm-hmm. of times. And I remember when I went, I think I think there was like a relatively new ride called like Soaring, and mm-hmm. basically you're you're just like on a magic carpet, and then like uh, it's like a VR almost like a VR experience. It's like the, mm-hmm. the carpet just moves around and you watch like a screen of you mm-hmm. going through multiple cities. Oh, wow. And uh, I mean, it sounds kind of boring compared to the other rides. But I remember when I went, I arrived at like right when they opened. And then when we want, when we got to that, that ride, it was already like a, it's still like four hour wait from now. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so you end up waiting all four hours. 
No, because like then we would only be able to do that one single ride. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It'd be like the super unworth. Yeah. So, so you ended up getting there though, right? Towards the end, then. Oh, towards the end, like we tried to get on that one, but then uh -huh. they're like, "Oh, you're not gonna make it before like the park closes or something." It's like they're like, "You can't, you oh. can't ride this." <laughs> that is unfortunate. Yeah. How can they go and do? I mean, I know if it's in the U.S., like there's always that, like you know, right, like in the last like like 20 30 minutes you have everyone like speed running every ride you know what i'm yeah, talking about yeah. that's what i was trying to do but they're like no oh man i guess that's the number one con of yeah. um tokyo Disney. i think i waited like three hours for one of them though the it was like the toy story one the buzz Lightyear mm. one where you have like yeah a, yeah yeah like a gun the gun right right, right. that was really Shooting. fun though that that is a fun that is a fun ride. I yeah, because you get, also get points. You, you count mm -hmm. the points. Not not the one in Disneyland. That one's like all right. That one's ah. But yeah. the one in Disney Sea. I mean, did you um, assert dominance over the other couples with your score? <laughs> I don't. I don't were remember. You, were you were, were you a pro, Eric? A pro, <laughs> pro the the Buzz Lightyear I, game. I like to think so. I definitely all beat right. my. Uh, my companion. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Yeah, I mean, out here on the Kodakara podcast, we're good at playing the the Buzz Lightyear ride. You can you can book it and say that you can you know it right right now. I mean, I got some high scores myself. You know, uh, I I don't I don't lose. We don't lose in that. But yeah, I mean, outside of the the rides, I mean. I'd say, I mean, from my own experience in Disney Sea, like during Christmas time, it's just like a good festive environment. You got a lot of, um, they have a praise going on. You got everyone coming through. I remember there are so many people. Like you said, there are like uh, mobs of couples. Like as yeah. soon as like the parade floats came down, you couldn't move with the amount of people that were there. And like, I wonder even if it's the if same now, like with everything that's going on. I hope not. I hope yeah. not. That would be. But I heard life is like relatively normal right now. Yeah, although the COVID COVID isn't controlled there, yeah. <laughs> as I've like heard. But I mean, yeah, hopefully that'll all change. And I mean, I, hopefully, I mean, I know people take a lot of precautions there. At Did least. you see the the new uh, Universal Studios with Mario Kart? I did. And that's like I did. <laughs> launching in like February. Do you do you think people are actually gonna go in February? <laughs> I think if they somehow like are able to open the country mm -hmm. by then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm like personally kind of paranoid about going to like theme parks at least for like the yeah like the near future here, just because I don't know, man. It's 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 a lot of stuff going on here. Yeah. Trying to Maybe stay safe, it's... take all the precautions. I think they do have like socially distanced the rides, mm -hmm. but it's still like um, seems kind of dangerous because they have a lot of cases. They they do have a lot and of cases. Little right? testing, little test. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I mean, I know the. I mean, it's also coming in the U.S. Right. So. I mean, I, I, that doesn't really change anything. Though I still wouldn't go to the one in the U.S. either. Oh, the, the same ride is coming to the U.S. Yeah, yeah, they have a, a Nintendo Land coming oh, in the Universal. Yeah, so I mean, that's gonna be exciting. Um, I mean, hopefully it's, it lives up to expectations, you know. But yeah, I, I feel like in some ways, like the production quality of like universal compared to like disneyland for example is just That's like not true. the same yeah yeah <laughs> i mean i have really high expectations for the mario kart ride it's like i want to have like kind of full control like yeah like <laughs> kart ride, but i can <laughs> jump around and shit <laughs> jump around throw shells at people yeah i mean you have to have a way to like slow them down or like make their cart stop you know yeah. like safely like otherwise but, it's not mario kart it'd be really cool if they have like 12 different carts like in actual mario kart and then mm -hmm. everybody takes like a different path or something oh yeah, that, that would be yeah. that would be interesting yeah 
man i mean it'll be interesting to see what they do i mean but i kind of know in the back of my mind it's just gonna be like one cart with a bunch of scenery and then you arrive back in the beginning uh, i really hope not it has to be a race man and you have to like hit item boxes and stuff like oh, that yeah. throw stuff at people <laughs> Like, that's the whole point of Mario Kart, you know? Just, like, screwing everyone over with the items and yeah. <laughs> and just, like, coming through. around the corner. And too. you have to drift. Yeah, no, you have to. Like, yeah. no, 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 you have to. Like, that, that's literally the <laughs> core mechanic of the game. Like, if, if you can't drift, then, like, it's not Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, we can only wait and see. We can only wait and see. But, yeah, I mean, I hope you guys have a good idea now of what christmas is like in japan and some of the topics we covered you know we get a little more insight on japan as a, a whole hopefully with our pure facts <laughs> but we we have a special special segment coming out don't we eric i believe we do what what is that segment we have a special segment with the one and only cue the music in the right corner <laughs> from japan we got japan facing off against in the in the blue corner we got matt so we got in other words guys we have matt versus japan coming on <laughs> um so yeah we got matt, the the friend of the show matt versus japan coming on we're doing a little fun q a section little ice little would you rather so i hope you guys enjoy a little fun content here so hope you guys enjoy all right guys it's time for our special segment featuring a very special guest you know him from our previous podcast but it's the friend of the show matt or I guess you guys may know him. Yeah, you guys know him as Matt vs. Japan. <laughs> hey guys, what's up? Yo, so we're doing a special Would You Rather section in our podcast today. A pretty new edition here, but hope you guys are going to have some fun with it. So, Matt, are, are you ready for these questions, man? I think I'm as ready as I'm ever going to be. <laughs> <laughs> alright, alright. So, Eric, you want to do the honors of asking the first question? All right, the first question is, would you rather be a supporting character in a shonen anime or the main character in a drama? A Japanese drama. So, oh, I'd def- definitely be, be the main character in a Japanese drama. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know that probably the idea behind this question is that Japanese dramas are kind of corny and not cool, especially compared to shonen anime. But first of all, yeah. I like dramas. I, I think there's some... Hey, they can be corny, but they... They can still hit you, man. They can hit you hard if you let them, especially the good ones. And, uh, but even more than that, I'm not never going to be a side character, dude. Main character all the way. Yeah, man. Just waiting for the Matt vs. Japan anime at this point. <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys? You guys have to answer too, right? All right, all right. Yeah, I mean, I guess um, I, w- I would rather be a supporting character in a shonen anime. I'll go with that side. Uh, I mean, I'm more of the, well, maybe I'll make the supporting character into a main character along the way. Who knows? But I don't know. Although it does does depend on which, like, anime we're trying to go from. Because there's some animes where the the main the supporting characters are so sorry like they're like the weakest characters you're ever gonna see like you see them for one second and then they die the next second so it has to be a pretty solid level of supporting character i'd have to say like the the ones that really help the main character out the real ogs not some like i guess maybe an example could be like sakura from naruto she doesn't die but she's so useless i'm not about that useless life but yeah what do you think eric yeah, I think I'd say the same, like, a supporting character. I'm thinking of, like, in One Punch Man, you have Genis, and he has, like, his own... Like, sometimes you also have, like, your own dedicated episode as a supporting character if you're a strong oh, yeah. supporting character. And those are normally good episodes. Yeah. Those are good episodes. And yeah, you're well, animated, well... so it's, it's a lot cooler. <laughs> like, okay, that, that, is, a, that yeah. is a perk I didn't, I didn't take into account. But I, I also think one potential benefit of being a side character is you probably have cooler fans, because... You know, if you're the main character, like, like of course, if you're going to like a show, 
and your favorite character is just the main character, that's like so boring and cliche that you're probably not a very interesting yeah. person. But if you you your favorite character in a show is actually the side character, then I don't know. I feel like you're probably going to be a cooler yeah, person true. on average. So like if you you're a side character, your own model. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you're gonna you have cool action fans. figure, but you don't get you don't get action figures if you're a character in a drama. Okay, that's another <laughs> that's another perk I didn't take into account. Oh man! But uh, dude, yeah, uh, honestly, hey, uh, no hate, but the type of people who tend to buy action figures of anime characters are, <laughs> don't have a huge overlap with the type of people who I have a, a lot uh, a lot of in my friends group. So I'm fine if there's people who aren't going to be buying uh, action figures of me. Yeah, but don't you have uh, some um, action figure or like a okay a, okay? There's a, a story behind that. I, I won that at UFO Casher, and that. <laughs> I just happened to win that one UFO catcher <laughs> game. I didn't actually want it that bad. It's not like I spent money to get it. I, it was like one quarter, and I and and it was a long time ago. Okay, next question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're we're just gonna go and ignore that real quick. But anyways, moving on to the second question. So, all right, Matt. Would you rather go back to age five with everything you know now, or would you go back, or would you now know everything your future self will learn? Ooh, that's a good one. But I, well, it depends how you interpret this question, because if you literally could go back to, like, knowing everything you know now into the past, actually, I guess this would apply to both of them. I was going to say you could easily, like, you know, invest in Bitcoin and then just get rich. Exactly. And so I don't, yeah. I don't know if you want to like exclude stuff like that from the question, but, but that's a really interesting one because who knows what type of stuff I'll go on to know in the future that I would well, end maybe up m- knowing money now. will be worthless. Yeah, well, Great questions. But the other thing is like, what if I die like next year, and so it's like all a waste. Like I, I only, <laughs> I like I only end up knowing like one year's worth of stuff. And, well, actually, maybe that maybe that would be the most valuable thing of of all because then I could avoid my death or something. So actually, true, true. you know what? That's probably that's probably the the most important uh, potential benefit is that you could actually learn about some mistakes that you make. Because uh, looking back, I've made some mistakes, but nothing detrimental. But maybe I go on to make a detrimental mistake, which I'll be able to avoid by knowing the future. So actually, I think I'm gonna have to go with that one. True, true. All right, Eric. Let's it it reminds me of this like one Dormung episode where, uh, like Nobita gets like a like a special telescope where he can see the future of what he's gonna do, and he ends up just spending all his time looking through the telescope and not <laughs> actually doing any of those things. <laughs> that sounds like totally something. That just sounds like a typical anime plot. I feel like that's like always the conclusion that anime will give you. <laughs> Nothing happened. The end. <laughs> yeah. All right, Eric. Well, what do you got here, man? Um, I think I would go back to age five because I feel like it would be so much more fun with all the perspective. But at the same time, I feel like I'd be more careful about like doing stuff because I would want to like follow a specific path. So maybe it's kind of dangerous to do that. Right. Yeah. But then the alternative is that if I know everything that's going to happen, that's also going to have like a lot of pressure um, on me because it's like everything's already planned out and I have no like free will, kind of. Well, you could change you the future though. Different. Yeah. Huh. I guess in that case, if I could change the future, then I'll, I'll choose that, that one then. Well, the other th- component though that we might want to take into account is that if you were going back to age five, you could become like the world's most legendary polyglot if you're just like mom and dad buy me all these language tapes like immerse me in all these other languages you could get like native <laughs> level in like six languages or something by the time you're like 20 all right i guess like if knowing everything you know like now includes like all your language you could just go back and be like a genius like all of a sudden <laughs> you're like age five and you just magically just know like fluent japanese <laughs> but then people would expect you to keep going up like people would expect you by the time you're 20, you you've like solved some world problem, and if you just like maintain the same amount of knowledge, people are gonna be like, yeah, I guess he's like kind of dumb. <laughs> it's kind of like I don't know if you guys have seen the Queen's Gambit, but like the it's like a show where basically it's like a genius chess prodigy, but she kind of goes through. I guess all these ups and downs. I'm not going to go spoil too much, but like the amount of pressure and problems, like Eric was saying, that comes with being a prodigy. That is something to consider. That is something to consider. But I guess now going to me to answer this question, I would go and say, um, 
go back to age five, start up the Kodakata podcast at an early age. Let's get it. All right. Next question. <laughs> be one of the first podcasts on YouTube. True, true. It'll be just some little the, kid. The Kodakata you know, experience. Yeah, you, be, become the, what goes on to be JRE pretty much, except it's the Kodakata podcast. It's the biggest podcast in the world. You like single-handedly get like millions of people into learning Japanese. True, true. You can invent YouTube. Oh. <laughs> you're like waiting around man when are they gonna invent youtube i gotta i want to like upload my podcast like <laughs> on day one of youtube like, there you go. like terrible quality terrible audio <laughs> but the content is there but the content is there five all right eric ratings. what's the next question yeah five star matt knows what's up <laughs> all right would you rather be able to instantly acquire any language to work in proficiency or have perfect 100% native fluency in Japanese. So is this like a one-time use thing? Like I could instantly be have working proficiency in like a additional language? Yeah, so you can like just look at it, boom, you know the language. Or all the points just go into Japanese and that's it type of thing. Oh, in that case, I definitely want to be 100% perfect in Japanese. Because like that's something that realistically I'm never going to be able to actually do in this lifetime. But getting to work in proficiency in any other language I want to, like, oh, that's easily doable in a couple of years. So you're basically saying something that's doable it takes three years or something that's literally impossible. So if I had that option, I'd definitely choose the one that otherwise would not be obtainable. But then you wouldn't be as special, like, if you were actually 100% native in Japanese, right? Yeah, but I would be special to the people that knew that. Well, and I, well yeah, in a weird way, because if I was a foreigner who worked really, really hard and became 100% perfect, in a way, I wouldn't be special because I'd just come across as a normal Japanese person. But to yeah. the people who knew my story, I would be legendary. But if the only reason I got perfect was because, like, a fairly fairly godparent, like, gave it to me, yeah. then, yeah, I wouldn't be special, obviously. But still, you know, I can't I can't give up the, the potential, the possibility of being 100% perfect because it still pains me to know I'm never going to fully be perfect in japanese even though i'm going to keep probably using japanese the rest of my life so if i had a, if i had a way to circumvent that i would have to take it right yeah i mean i i guess i'll go the other way then have some variety here i'll go make a youtube channel raza the guy who can speak every single language in parentheses to working proficiency <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> all right eric what, what do you got man um I would say 100%. Can I choose like a different language? Or it has to be Japanese. What language did you choose? Like Taiwanese. I feel like that'd be so special. Like somebody in my age who can speak like perfect Taiwanese. That's unexpected. That feels like really wholesome somehow. Yeah, Yeah, it does. People people would love that. You you choose your like basically a heritage language that's like very wholesome. That's cute, Eric. That's cute, man. <laughs> <laughs> Connecting to your Looks. roots. I like it. Yeah. Our panel of judges seems to have some <laughs> good words here. All right. So, <laughs> so, all right. I guess next question over here. So, would you rather have perfect speaking ability in Japanese or have a complete mastery over every single kanji ever created? Okay, no, this one's easy. I mean, boring, but let's be real. You got perfect speaking ability, of course, because who gives a crap if you know every kanji? That's like literally, I would just make you a super nerdy otaku, and if you told anyone how much kanji they knew, they probably wouldn't want to be your friend anymore because they'd be so like freaked out and and like it it would just be so weird that you spent. I mean, because they would assume that you know all those kanji because you spent your time learning all that kanji, right? Which kind of tell what kind of person are you if you you want to dedicate like your whole life to just learning kanji that have literally like only been used in like one ancient chinese text like a thousand years ago or something reminds me of this one guy who the foreigner who passed the yeah the, i actually just saw that test. too the kanji he's like has a yeah, yeah he has like a thick accent in japanese <laughs> <laughs> but he passed it <laughs> no but i respect him though because that's like i mean kanken kanken eq just like the hanjus kanji test it's like well, if you're actually going to use Anki, you could probably realistically in like a couple years, like pass that. And so that's not right. that outrageous. And Japanese people actually respect that because it, you know, it really shows a mastery over 
over uh, a certain um, of one aspect of the language. But that's different than every kanji ever, because you know that that like there's like fifty thousand plus kanji technically, right? That have like been yeah. recorded mm-hmm. somewhere once. Whereas I think you only need six thousand to pass Kankin EQ. Maybe maybe more. But that's still, you know, definitely a different order of magnitude. But I still respect that guy because he did it. It doesn't look like he actually knew about Anki. And he's like on Japanese local television, like giving lessons about kanji and stuff. Uh, at least that's what it looked like in the YouTube video. So that's pretty cool. Wait, so would you also be able to like with this question would you also be able to read like kanji that someone else just made up like on the spot because it's like considered yep. a kanji it's, it's considered i think so it. so in a way <laughs> yeah. you have a certain kind of telepathy you yeah. can or telep that's how you pronounce that yeah yeah telepathy either telepathy yeah telepathy i'm literally i thought of the japanese words like terepashi that's what I had in my mind. So I was like, wait, I was like, wait, that doesn't sound right. Oh, yeah, telepathy, of course, yeah. Because then, yeah, you could be like, here, make up a kanji right now. Assign it any meaning. Mm. Then you could be like, oh, that means, you know, socks or whatever. Like, you just instant. Yeah. And then to be like, I j- how do you read my mind? It would be like yeah, it's real like, magic. <laughs> it's like now, like the equivalent of like a word just being added to the dictionary. And then you just instantly know. And I guess like in terms of like words being a- added to the dictionary nowadays, like, oh shit, I knew, I know a new word. Yeet, hey, let's get it YOLO. <laughs> yeah, you're just sitting there and you're like, oh, new word just came in um, fresh from, yeah. from Nippon. Uh, someone just made a new Downloading. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, you're making the the choice sound more attractive now, Matt. <laughs> you could write books a book on, on database like, on kanji. You can make the dictionary before the dictionary has it. So, hey, I mean, but I'm I'm still gonna have to go with speaking ability here. I'm I'm sorry. Like it was a little attractive there for a second, yeah. but I, I'm I'm gonna still go with speaking ability. I feel like a lot of these questions are something that's like realistic or something that is like something that's realistic and valuable and something that is impossible but not valuable but you kind of still want it just because it's impossible and so it'd be like getting magic powers even though they're completely <laughs> and then they're mostly useless that's what makes it a hard decision it is yeah man just like if you if you can do like everything from each question like pick one of them it's like you have the resume of just like useless but magical things <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, it's like I'm. Um, it's like I'm um, Pokemon. Do you want to have an actually like strong Pokemon at level 100, or do you want to have like a shiny Celebi or something that like sucks for battle, but it's so rare? How would you get it otherwise? You know, it's it's true. Tough tough choices. Tough choices. All right, next question, Eric. What is it, man? All right, would you rather take a beginner level Japanese class for four years, or become an English teacher in a foreign country for a year? Oof. Well, Matt did, Matt did the first one, right? not by choice (laughs) if i had to choose i would i mean i would choose being uh english teacher in a foreign country because although your job would suck at least you get to experience living in a foreign country whereas it's like if you're just taking a beginner japanese class for four years you're just gaining nothing except suffering yeah and like you get like an ego boost if you're already fluent Nah, beyond (laughs) that i would just feel like my soul was slowly getting grinded away i think at this point (laughs) <laughs> so you're forced to come to class every day it's like 8 a.m you're like what am i doing with my life yeah i mean i would go and do- choose the um be an english teacher in a foreign country more so for the traveling aspect love doing that be cool yeah. just living in a different place even though i'd be teaching english but yeah what about you eric wait why would like the why would you be in a beginner level for four years like wouldn't you like become you're failing by the Every you just, like, keep taking the the worst like, the, student who ever lived. <laughs> no matter how good you potentially are, you're just gonna fail no matter what. Or, man. or maybe you're the you're the most incredible student that they ever had, and you you lifted up every other beginning student, and <laughs> everyone else in the class had higher grades than they'd ever had in the beginner class before. So they beg you to stay and uplift the next class as well, year after year. Or maybe the Japanese program is so bad that they only have one level of Japanese <laughs> for four years. And you're and just you like, take it fuck to it, graduate. another one. I'm doing it again. <laughs> another one. Let's go. Oh, my fourth year learning hiragana. Let's get it. I'm ready for this. Yeah. Oh, man. And then by the end, I could like speed run the class. Just like all the assignments. 
Yeah, yeah you're, you're like, you know, finishing the teacher's sentences and then like looking around to see if anyone's impressed and they're all just like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> I feel like yeah. some of these questions are like one thing that's really good and then one thing that's like bad. So it's like, would you rather have a get a girlfriend or like lose an arm? And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> That last one was kind of rigged. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that one is pretty rigged. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I'm I'm team girlfriend, by the way. Just just so everyone just everyone knows. You would have to um, have some hardcore cooties if you were, you would rather choose to become an amputee. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, cooties, man. Oh god. Yeah. Shout out everyone who has hardcore cooties. Let us know in the comments yeah. below. All you first and second graders. <laughs> yeah, go at Matt right now. Let, let him know if you have hardcore cooties. Shout out second grade. <laughs> but yeah, I guess the last question here, and this one is by far the most important question. So would you rather be on the Kodakata podcast or... <laughs> ah, I'm not even going to finish that, man. You, you, you already know what that one <laughs> I think I would rather be on the Kodakata podcast. Oh, let's go. We got it, man. It's almost as if I had my memories from the future reach my past self and, and decide that, yeah, this is what I wanted to do. And yeah, guys, by, <laughs> by the way, everything we just said, that's actually real life just now. Um, Matt chose that option from the first or the second question and it happened. <laughs> he knows how great the Kodakata podcast is going to become. And he like relayed that back to right now. And he's telling you right here. Yeah, guys. this is some Science Gate shit. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> so it's a, this is the world line that I selected every time. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. That's the world line we'd select too. All right, Eric, what would you choose, man? <laughs> I'm, <just kidding. laughs> I'm already on the, on the podcast. Yeah. The first podcast ever created. The first yeah. podcast ever. Not in, this, not in this world line, but you know, in the, in the other one. Yeah. In, in the other one. In the other, we're, we're creating a multiverse here. We're creating a multiverse. <laughs> Next time Matt's on, we're going to be going through some new world lines here. Stay tuned. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, this is going to be the end of our nice little segment here of Would You Rather featuring Matt vs. Japan. Hope you guys enjoyed it. So thank you for coming on, Matt. Thank you for your insightful answers here. Very important questions to be answered, and you answered them perfectly. So good job there. Thanks, man. It was fun. Great to be on. Hey, guys. Thanks for making it to the end of the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed our little Christmas special. We'll be going back to our episodes where we interview our guests, so make sure you look out for that. And we also have a lot of very exciting guests lined up for next year. So if you want to know who that might be, make sure to check out our Discord because we'll talk about them. And also, finally, we're trying to get to a 1,000 subscribers because that's when you can monetize your YouTube channel. So please help us get to a 1,000 subscribers. If you are not subscribed and are listening to this podcast, please subscribe to our channel. It would really help us out a lot. But anyways, hope you guys... Keep supporting the podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. Peace.